Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for the Pharmacy Leadership Podcast. Our discussions for this podcast series focuses on leadership topics within pharmacy practice, including the business of pharmacy, development of leadership skills, career transitions, and more. My name is Vicki Basilica. I am the Director of the Clinical Specialists and Scientists here at ASHP, and I'll be your host today. With me is Jordan Higgins, Assistant Professor of Pharmacy Practice at Mercer University College of Pharmacy, and who is an Oncology Clinical Pharmacy Specialist at Emory Winship Cancer Institute, and Libby Johnson, Critical Care Pharmacist Supervisor and Emergency Medicine Clinical Pharmacist at JPS Health Network in Fort Worth, Texas. We're going to be discussing pharmacist career ladders, including their impacts and benefits. Welcome, everyone. So to get us started, can you briefly describe what pharmacist career ladders are and what their purpose is? Yeah, so the purpose of a career ladder is to provide a structure for career advancement. Essentially, they help to guide career development, motivate staff to perform beyond their daily responsibilities, and help to recognize and retain high performers. So essentially, we'll go into the details a little bit later, but there's generally a point system that staff follow. And um, based upon their points in certain areas, um, they can apply for promotion. And these applications are typically reviewed at various time points throughout the year so that they can um, progress to the next level of their career ladder. Great. So what are some benefits to pharmacy departments developing pharmacist career ladders? Yeah, so there are several benefits to creating uh, career ladders. These benefits really extend not only to the individual pharmacists or technicians that are involved, but really also to leaders in the department and even the healthcare organization as a whole. And so instead of talking about the benefits separately from like how employees benefit versus your leaders, I'm really going to talk about the general characteristics since they're kind of synergistic in terms of the benefits to all parties. So the first benefit um, I'm gonna talk about is professional development for the employees, which really leads to innovation for your pharmacy department. Um, Since career ladders really define what is needed to advance your career, make it clear how to excel within the department, they encourage more innovation and fresh ideas. Your pharmacists and technicians are going to go beyond really their day-to-day jobs and their duties, and they're going to be more motivated to be on the lookout for more opportunities and ways they can really make an impact. And that could be through a lot of different avenues. That could be through education, research, clinical projects, cost-saving initiatives, um, or even getting involved with pharmacy organizations for your department hospital, which leads to recognition for your uh, department as well. And so career ladders are really going to push your employees to pursue all these different types of projects and more. And these projects are great not only for your department, but it also provides your employees these opportunities and growth for their career. And so they may even find new paths that they didn't know they wanted. And this professional growth will, of course, lead us to our second benefit, which is increasing job satisfaction for employees or for our leaders and departments that would be increasing our employee engagement, um, which I know where I work. That is a huge topic all the time. Uh, Career ladders can increase job satisfaction since they formally recognize and reward your individual employees for the work that they're actually doing and the initiatives that they're involved in. And so since these programs provide that formal structure to how to excel within the department, 
They clearly know what they need to be done and get rewarded for, and it helps with that productivity in their job since they know what needs to be done to kind of move to that next level. And of course, with happier employees, really with their jobs, it's synergistic with your departmental goals. It not only allows more high-level projects to be completed, but if they're more satisfied, likely your team is going to be more engaged and be a more positive workplace in general. As we know, positive workplace, it really not only increases our retention of our strong employees over the years, they're more likely to stay with us, um, but it's also a big thing that your new candidates are going to notice as well when they're interviewing with your department and they see the employees overall seem to be engaged and happy and positive with how things are going. That's going to be a big characteristic to get new great candidates to come there. And the final benefit I'm going to hit on today um, is really leadership experience. Um, the leadership experience you can get from a career ladder in these new projects um, is huge for employees. And it, in turn, for leaders, really provides a way for them to delegate some of their responsibilities, potentially, and kind of allow them to work on new initiatives as well. Um, it can lead to the creation of new pharmacy leaders who, prior to having this career ladder and trying these new things, they may not have even realized that was an avenue they are interested in. And I think the more pharmacy leaders we can really get um, are going to be huge going forward and the changes, I think, that are going to happen in the landscape. But by encouraging our staff to be more involved, I think it's really going to pique that interest to them and mainly lead them down a new path. So it's a great tool, I think, for pharmacy leaders to really enhance your department and delegate responsibilities and free up some of your own time as well so you can work on other ventures and plans that you've been wanting to. Um, that job balance is also important for your leaders um, and freeing up their time. And I think it could be a great tool to even help with succession planning for your department as well. You may now find this new person that you know as you're retiring may be able to take over and fill in your footsteps, which could be great. So to wrap it up, I know my answer was a little long, really on benefits for the pharmacy department and for the employees. They're huge, but increased job satisfaction, leadership development, and really so much more um, of what it can provide. So I think that career ladders aren't limited to just pharmacists. There is some information out there about pharmacy technician career ladders. How do pharmacist career ladders differ from technician career ladders? So when working with this group and having the opportunity to review the pharmacist career ladders and pharmacy technician career ladders that are in place at institutions across the nation, the biggest thing that really stood out to me is the difference in focus. So for the pharmacist career ladders, a lot of the focus is on clinical projects, research, education, whereas for the technicians, um, due to the various job responsibilities that they take on, their career ladders were more focused on the operational perspective and developing competencies within a certain area. So for example, a lot of the components that make up the pharmacist career ladders in which applicants can receive points focus on um, committee involvement, working on policies and protocols, um, QI and research, preceptorship, um, as well as leadership within professional organizations. Um, but due to the responsibilities of technicians and the need for technicians to be more specialized in their training, although they don't necessarily have, you know, like residencies and other formal avenues to complete this, the technicians have more of a focus on becoming competent in a certain area. So not only do they have that avenue to advance from a pharmacy technician one to two to three, for example, but there's also... Um, 
areas where they can become specialists, such as pharmacy automation or medication reconciliation. And so what they take into consideration is more of any formal certifications that they've received, how many years they've practiced in a particular area within the pharmacy, as well as their performance evaluations over time. So I like that you you listed some of the things that pharmacy technicians do. Can we shift gears a little bit and can you briefly describe an example um, of a pharmacist career ladder? Yeah. So at Emory, I'm happy to describe our examples of the pharmacist career ladders. We have one document that we utilize for clinical pharmacists as well as clinical specialists. And the points that Um, each has to obtain um, varies between the two and that clinical specialists are responsible for obtaining more points in various areas for promotion, as well as um, some responsibilities that are part of the job description or requirements for hire for clinical specialists. um, They're not able to get points for, whereas those would be additional responsibilities for clinical pharmacists and they would. So some examples throughout the year include, um, we have sort of a service learning activity category um, where pharmacists can contribute to medication use evaluations. They can participate on multidisciplinary committees within the health system. Um, We have um, points that are awarded based on clinical competence. So maintaining an active board certification, et cetera. We have points that are awarded based on professional presentation. So whether it's a platform presentation or a poster presentation that's presented at a local, state, or national level, um, various points are awarded within this category. Um, We also have categories for quality improvement and research, um, publication points, um, which are awarded based on how involved you were within that research project, as well as awards for or points for awards and recognition. So starting with points that are within the health system, but then um, as you obtain more like statewide or national awards, those are rewarded with higher point levels. And finally, we also have categories for leadership in committees such as professional organizations, um, professional engagements with local school pharmacies, attending meetings, as well as engaging in various educational activities. So precepting students and residents on various projects or on rotation also count. And so to kind of reiterate, although there's so many different categories, um, the goal is that the clinical pharmacist or clinical specialist is well-rounded within each category. So there are point limits for each category to ensure that when a pharmacist is advancing, um, they're not just focusing on one or two areas, but really having a broad experience in multiple areas. And so pharmacists can apply at multiple points throughout the year. um, And we have the leadership committee that is dedicated to reviewing these applications and awarding pharmacists with promotions if they meet criteria. But I do also want to throw out that um, this was just one example of a pharmacist career ladder at Emory Healthcare. Um, But we do have an upcoming webinar coming up titled Ups and Downs of Pharmacist Career Ladders that will be released by ASHP on June 29th um, that will include um, multiple examples of career ladders from other institutions across the country. So it sounds like pharmacist career ladders are a great idea. Uh, Libby, what recommendations do you have for pharmacy departments considering or developing pharmacist career ladders? That is a really great question. I know we've really focused on the benefits and the highlights of career ladders, um, but before really getting too far 
in the planning process and going down the rabbit hole or saying anything to your team, um, reaching out with human resources and finance within your healthcare organization and really figuring out, is it even possible to offer this career ladder within our organization? Um, you know, is it sustainable? Is it appropriate with the organization and what its goals are, you know, and making sure those two things align, especially given um, if you are going to use this career ladder to then have different job titles that have to go through HR, different finance incentives, um, really getting and working with them and making sure all of that is aligned with each other and really makes sense, you know, before you spend all this time doing these things, um, making sure that you have those department's blessing, if you will, is a really great way to get started. I would also encourage you to really get your team members engaged in the process once it does get going. Utilizing your current team members, you know, getting their input on, do you think this career ladder would even be beneficial? Is this something we want to do as a department? Is it going to make you feel more engaged with and then get processes? Um, it'll help to get their buy-in as well, because if they've worked on it, and once you do roll it out, you're going to know it's something they do want. They are going to see this as a positive, and they're also going to help you identify some of the barriers to it and some of the issues that you may not have thought of as a leader, but since they're in that day-to-day -day and kind of realize what's feasible and what may not be based on what you're recommending, they're really being valuable within the process. And so making sure you have a group of them really in tune would be so helpful. Jordan hit on a nice clear structure that they have um, at Emory and really a clear structure for the latter is going to be so key for implementation, um, really limiting the gray area uh, to avoid any conflicts between anyone or issues with rollout will be huge. You know, make sure each step is really measurable. Um, it's clear, you know, what you need to get there as you're promoted. Um, that way, you know, keeps everyone in line and they know exactly what the expectations are. And then anticipating your barriers is going to be huge. You know, is my staff going to have time to fulfill, fulfill some of these requirements? And is this going to look different for my hourly versus my salary employees if you have both of those types um, within your department? Is the competitiveness going to be any barriers within my department? You know, being prepared to kind of deal with staff sometimes, you know, it's a little bit dog eat dog out there. And being aware of the time it's going to take you as well as a leader to even ensure that the career ladder is being followed, how are you going to make sure it's adhered to, kind of some upkeep from year to year, and just being aware that's going to be something else you have to put within your task to complete as well and make sure, you know, everything's going well and reevaluating throughout the process also. And then finally, making sure it's sustainable as well and making sure, you know, if you have a process, if you're going to de-escalate people down the ladder, if you will, if they no longer meet qualifications or once you're there, do you stay there? Um, and just really being in line with how you're going to handle that on all fronts for both pharmacists and technicians um, will be huge. So really just thinking very clearly, you know, about the process and deciding if it's what's best for your department and what's going to help you grow. So Jordan, can you share with us some of the challenges that your institution encountered during the development and implementation of your pharmacist career ladder? Yeah, so um, as Libby touched on, there are so many benefits to implementing um, one of these career ladders. However, um, getting this process up and running does come with some challenges as well. So I would say one of the biggest challenges is really developing applicability 
for system various practice sites and specialties. So for example, Emory Healthcare System um, is made up of multiple hospitals, some that are considered academic medical centers, some that are more community focused. Um, we also have you know, various clinic sites um, in varying pharmacies, such as like a retail pharmacies, specialty pharmacies, um, infusion center pharmacies, et cetera. And on top of that, um, when you look at the clinical pharmacy specialist, there's just a variety of different um, specialties that they can be involved in. So oncology, transplant, emergency medicine, and you can imagine how the day-to-day -day tasks of maybe an emergency medicine or critical care pharmacist can look very different than an oncology pharmacist in the clinic. So it's really just trying to ensure that the career ladder can apply to all of these different employees in these various positions and also be obtainable for each of them. I think something that we have done to address this is we have recognized that for some specialties, um, additional requirements may need to be noted. So for example, for our, our oncology clinical pharmacy specialists, we have an additional working document that meets some of our oncology specific criteria that we have to do in addition to the general pharmacist career ladder to meet criteria for promotion. I would say another challenge is also just as a clinical specialist or clinical pharmacist, just keeping up with this documentation over time. So as you can imagine, when you go to apply for this, generally you're looking at experiences within the last five years, especially as this career ladder became something that was a new innovation for our department. Um, pharmacists had to then you know, go back and, and dig up these materials and so now pharmacists are being really um, intentional about um, keeping a running document of all the activities that they are participating in um, and updating this document regularly to prevent that sort of um, period of having to go back and, and scramble for all of these proofs of, of what you've done so far. I would say another thing that we've also encountered is that for some of the clinical pharmacist positions, for example, like our infusion center pharmacists, they may not have as many natural opportunities that come up in their day-to-day -day practice for like in-services or working on a policy or protocol or a preceptorship as some of our clinical specialists do. And so to help them advance within their career ladder, something that we have begun to implement is actually a mentorship program between the clinical pharmacy specialists and the infusion center pharmacists. So we can involve them to work on these activities that will help benefit us both for our career ladders. So if a new drug comes out and um, we are aware that the physicians in our clinic would like to sponsor this drug and have it seen before the oncology PMT committee to be approved for use at Emory, we'll engage infusion center pharmacists that have an interest in that particular area to help us with the in-services, um, to help us with the drug monograph if they're interested, and to help us with preceptorship opportunities of um, both IPPE and APPE students, for example. And so those are just some of the challenges that we have found at our institution and some of the potential ways we've been able to mitigate these challenges and, and grow as an organization. So it sounds like you have like a pretty structured area, especially for clinical pharmacists and clinical specialists. Um, and, you, and you mentioned keeping a running list. That's like one of my things that I, I always forget to do. <laughs> like the months go <laughs> by and then I'm like, oh man, when did I do that project? So what is the process to ensure that the staff continue to meet career ladder criteria once they've reached a certain level? 
So currently, career ladders are a new development at Emory Healthcare. Um, we rolled them out about a couple of years ago. And so we are not currently at the point yet where staff are reapplying to maintain their position within a particular career ladder rung. However, um, it is recommended, like I talked about previously, to keep a running document um, to ensure that you're meeting progress for these criteria each year. In addition, we do talk about our progress within the career ladders um, during our evaluations with our supervisors so they can ensure that we are on track with progress. And since the points have to be based on activities that have been completed um, within the past five years, my understanding is that we would have to reapply every five years. Um, but some of these decisions are being made by upper level management, and I'm not sure if they've been completely ironed out yet at this time. I would be interested to learn about, you know, what processes other organizations have in place for employees that are not continually meeting this criteria and how they might be demoted um, using the clinical ladder. Sounds a lot like made into certification. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that's all the time we have today. Libby and Jordan, thank you so much for joining me today to discuss pharmacist career ladders. And thank you so much for joining us today and find more ex member exclusive content, including resources for self-development, leading pharmacy enterprises and teams, as well as practice management on the ASHP website. Thank you so much for joining us and be sure to subscribe to the ASHP official podcast. Thank you for listening to ASHP official the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.